0: Praise the Lord everybody. Thank you for joining us uh, tonight or whenever you may be listening to the audio uh, or video component at another time. just want to reintroduce myself to those of you who may not know me. My name is Brother Xavier Wilson and I have the honor and privilege of being able to share the word with you all tonight. Uh, prayerfully. So Uh, let's open up with a word of prayer and we will uh, move forward from there. All right. Heavenly Father and Almighty God, we give you thanks and praise. You truly are an awesome God who loves each and every one of us. Father, we invite the presence of your Holy Spirit in this place and to those who are listening or viewing uh, electronically. By your spirit, oh God, I ask that you speak through me and speak to those, everyone, under the sound of my voice, God. Minister to us all in a very special and personal way, God. Encourage us with your word, with your spirit, and with your presence, the glory of your name, for the glory of your kingdom. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. Well, I am excited to be with you all uh, this afternoon. We have been unfolding and unpacking the kingdom of heaven, the kingdom of, as Jesus talked about uh, several parables, right, and uh, that's... uh, Found in the book of Matthew's, but several of them are also echoed in other uh, Gospels as well. The kingdom of heavens. We started this uh, series just this January, and uh, we have been unfolding, unfolding the Word of God. And uh, as there's just so much richness to God's Word when you uh, look at it and you uh, reflect upon these particular parables that Jesus was sharing with the multitude and with the crowd. Tonight, we are journeying and looking at specifically the parable of the mustard seed and the parable of leaven as it applies to uh, Jesus' illustration and reflection on the kingdom of heaven is life. But first, I want to start by just sharing a little bit. Uh, As I was thinking, I really felt like God was saying the kingdom of heaven is for his family. And I think about uh, my grandmother who recently... Uh, is now in her is in her early nineties, and we celebrated her birthday. Her family lovingly calls it, it uh, my grandmother, my paternal uh, mother, uh, grandmother, the queen, the queen of the of the family. And so, her and my grandfather, uh, are from a small town, and the third child of thirteen. But as I think about the unfolding of their family, right. Uh, 13, she now has over 20 grandchildren and also has uh, at least six great-grandchildren. So when I think about this role of the Queen and family, I think it's applicable to uh, what we will look at tonight about the the parable of the mustard seed and the parable of the leaven as we see the kingdom of God growing, right? So thinking about my, my dad's family and <clears throat> I joke with my kids that when we go to visit my dad's side of the family, everybody they see is a cousin. Uh, everybody they see will see is a relative, um, even if I can't, can't uh, directly connect who's the mom or who's the dad, or, or but uh, know that they are indeed relatives. So my grandmother, right, uh, has this sort of kingdom or her family that has expanded and continues to grow, and we will see that as we uh, dive deeper into the parables uh, tonight that Jesus is uh, talking about. So let's pick up with Matthew at Matthew chapter 13 verse 31 and 32. And it reads, another parable he put forth to them saying, the kingdom of heaven is like a mustard seed, a mustard seed, which a man took and sowed in his field, which indeed is the least of all the seeds, But when it is grown, it is greater than the herbs and becomes a tree, so that the birds of the air come and nest in its branches. And then in verse 33, it says, Another parable he spoke to them. The kingdom of heaven is like leaven. Leaven, think of it as yeast, right? Which is a woman who uh, took and hid in three measures of meal till it was all leaven. Until it was all leaven. Our study and our conversation tonight really will focus on these three main scriptures uh, in Matthew in the 13th chapter. Uh, and in verse 34, uh I've also included this and it says all these things Jesus spoke to what the the multitude, so imagine that he is uh, he has this crowd that is, he has gathered around and they are fixated on what he's explaining and, and what he's sharing and so this multitude, but he speaks to them in parables. He speaks to them in parables. And without a parable he did not speak to them it says that it might be fulfilled which was Spoken by the prophets, saying, and in verse 35, "I will open my mouth in parable; I will utter things kept secret from the foundations of the world." So he's speaking to them in in this parable. So we find that Jesus is, is tells these uh, seven parables throughout the book of Matthew in, in the 13th chapter, we started our, our conversation about the kingdom of heaven is like really uh, with the parable of the sower. You may recall, if you, if you didn't get to, to listen to it, I, I encourage you to go back and, and, and listen to it. But in that parable of the soar, we find that this farmer plants seed on four different areas, four different types of soil, uh, so to speak. And the first was the way path, right, which was sort of just this path. The seed is falling on this path. And then uh, seed is dropped on Stony Road where you see a little bit of growth, but there is no roots that take place. Um, and the plants sort of sort of wither uh, because they don't have any a, a depth of roots. We also see the seeds being planted among thorns that really sort of choke out the life of the seeds that have been planted uh, by the farmer and there were seeds that were planted among good soil and when those seeds were planted among the good soil it multiplied some 30 fold some 60 fold some even a hundred fold so that's where we started where the parable of the sower planting the seed and liking it to the word of god being planted into our hearts and our our receptiveness to receiving the very word of God, and then we went on to uh, talk about and share about the wheats and the tares and what happened as the weeds were as the wheat was growing. Someone came along and planted tares that looked like wheat but wasn't in fact wheat. Yet the farmer, in his wisdom and his knowledge and his sophistication, said, "I won't pull up those weeds." until everything has matured. And then we find ourselves now here with the mustard seed. Again, looking back on it, he said another parable he put forth to them saying, what the kingdom of heaven is like what? A mustard seed, which a man took and sowed in his field, which indeed is the, the least. Think about that. He says, it is the least of all the seeds. Now, we'll come back to that. But when it is grown, it is greater than all the herbs. You have this analogy. From the least to the greater, right? And becomes a tree. So that the birds of the air know to come and rest and nest in its branches the mustard seed, as we think about the mustard seed the mustard seed is tiny, and here you you see an image of it it 's so tiny right it's so it's so small um, in fact it uh, it is when they talk about often in uh, the biblical context of using the mustard seed, it is to express something that is minute. It, it is to say, hey, this is, it's, it's so small, it's so tiny. But yet we, we know uh, uh, through research and there are several varieties that are found in Judea that can grow 12, 10 to 12 feet high. I, I was amazed when, when I looked at, when I studied this, to, to, to find that there's these varieties that can grow that high. Because, you know, it, initially when I was thinking about the mustard seed and um, this, this particular type of mustard seed, I was thinking mustard greens and, and, and vegetables that are, you know, that tend to fit in the palm of your hand. But here we have something that's so minute but we know in the end, when as it grows and it matures, its form, it, it, it's, it's much larger than what seems as possible, right, to come from something so minute or something so small. And this, this plant, it has a pleasant aroma uh, and the tastes that which is similar of, of a mustard. So as we we look at the the mustard seed, I believe there are some lessons that we can really draw from this. In first, the first thing is really, right? The appearance seems insignificant to the natural eye, right? If the size of it is so small, it seems insignificant. And I like how Mark describes it in the New Living Translation in uh, chapter 4 and verse 31. He says, it is the smallest of all the seeds. The smallest of all the seeds. What is God telling us? Right? That the beginning is the smallest of all the seeds. In Luke, uh, in the 13th chapter, in the 19th verse, it tells us it is like a tiny mustard seed that a man planted in a garden so we have this image of small of small beginnings do not despise the small beginnings right do not despise the the, the uh, where we start from but it it seems insignificant to the natural eye but the impact looking at the my second point the impact of this particular mustard seed, from a kingdom perspective, it is much grander, right? And we see that in Matthew in the 17th chapter and the 20th verse. Jesus told them, I tell you the truth, if you have faith even as small as what? A mustard seed. You can say to this mountain, move from here to there and it would move. Nothing would be impossible. So faith, right? Applying your faith with the visual of something that's so small, that seems so insignificant, that seems so minute, when you apply just that much faith, you can, we can move mountains. Spiritually, right? We can move mountains in the kingdom of God. So, this small thing is powerful. There is Dunamis power, right, in the kingdom of God, even from the very beginning. And in Luke, the 17th chapter, in the sixth verse, the Lord answered, If you have faith, even Small as a mustard seed, you could say to this mulberry tree, May you be uprooted and planted in the sea, and it would obey you. Faith, right? Our faith in operation our faith in God and the power of the Holy Spirit working in our lives. And so when we, we, when we see how God is, is speaking to us about the mustard seed, we know and we get the sense that there is power in something even so small to the natural eye. But from the spiritual perspective, it is, there is potential. From the spiritual perspective, there is power in the word of God, right? There is, when the Holy Spirit works in, in, in us, in our lives, in our hearts, there is deutemous power at work glorifying God, expanding the kingdom of heaven. Another point I, I wanted to share is that kingdom of heaven provides What a safe haven. And in Proverbs 18 and 10, the name of the Lord is what? A strong tower. The righteous run to it and they are safe. They are safe. We are safe. If you are in a position where you need Safety or in a place where you are are, are feeling a a despair I, I encourage you and impel you to call upon the name of the Lord which is a strong tower and it also in Psalms 91 in verse 1 He who dwells in the secret place of the Most High shall abide under what? shadow, the shadow of the Almighty. So this idea of the produce, right, what, what, what is produced that becomes from a small seed to a tree provides this, this safety, right? There is safety in the kingdom of God. There is safety when we lean and depend on Jesus Christ. As our Lord and our Savior. Here, this is what blew my mind. When you, this is an image of a mustard tree, a particular type of mustard tree. And to think that this, this comes from right from a natural light, a seed that's so small that you could easily lose it in the, if you drop it out of the palm of your hand. You could easily lose it. But as it is nurtured, as it is watered, as, as it receives uh, sunlight and over time, it grows and, and expands to become this tree. And I can see from this image right, the shadow underneath, right, so even in the midst of of scorching uh, uh, temperatures, I might find rest underneath this tree, and I can see how, uh, um, from the bird's perspective, it is looking at the beauty of the tree to find a place to rest, right, finding a place to, to sort of perch a mustard seed from a mustard seed to a tree. The kingdom of heaven is like a mustard seed. So potential, the potential, the power, the, 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 uh, the growth that happens in the, as we think about the kingdom of God, it is ever expanding from its humble beginnings to now. It has been expanding and growing greater. And we have the opportunity to be a part of the kingdom of God as heirs, as children of God. The mustard seed. It's also interesting. In Matthew 13, in verse 31 and 32, he says, so that the birds of the air come and nest in its branches. So, it, it, it some scholars believe that the birds resting in uh, uh, the branches of this tree actually represents uh, the enemy and resistance to the kingdom of God. Right? Because we see that in Daniel, we see references of the bird and uh, sort of the the kingdom of Satan coming against the kingdom of God in, in opposition. So the, the birds come to, to, uh, uh, as a representation to sow, um, to sow doubt, to sow uh, resistance to, or opposition to the very uh, kingdom of God. And John tells us, um, John tells us a thief has only one thing in mind. What does he come to do? To steal, to slaughter, to destroy, but Jesus Christ has come that we might, that he might give us everything in abundance, more than we can expect. Life in its fullness until we overflow. The kingdom of heaven is about experiencing the power of God working in our lives in abundance that we are growing until we are overflowing in the knowledge of God. We are overflowing in the wisdom of who God is. We are overflowing with the presence of God in our lives so much so that it, it permeates our lives and then it impacts those who are around us, who are by us, who, uh, uh, um, as we share the very word of God. Despite the opposition of the the enemy, God's kingdom continues to grow. It continues to have a powerful impact on the lives of those around us. Amen? Amen. Jesus Christ came to what? To destroy the works of the enemy. We thank God that he came to destroy the very works of the enemy. We praise God for that. And then we look at leaven. We pick up our passage tonight in Matthew 13 and verse 33. And it says another parable he spoke to them. The kingdom of heaven is like leaven. Which a woman took and hid in three measures of meal till it was, what? All leaven. So she took it and she hid it, right? In three parts until it was all, until the dough was full, had fully absorbed, right? This leaven or this yeast able to produce bread. Bread. It is interesting as we look at what leaven is or what yeast is. It's it's a substance, right? That causes dough to, to ferment and to rise. It expands. Think about it as expanding, right? Normally yeast or leaven has negative connotations in the Bible, often symbolizing sin or impurity. Often, often. But here we see... That this this uh, leaven, right, this yeast, is also invisible. When it, once it is combined with the flour, it 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 becomes apparent that the uh, the baked dough would expand to such a greater quantity, right? It, it is expanding from what it began to 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 uh, to to new to 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 more, right? To more. So much so that so when we look at these three portions that, uh, in this particular parable, we are looking at roughly 50 pounds. Scholars say we are looking at roughly 50 pounds, enough that once all of it is leavened, it is able to feed 150 people. From the small beginnings to feed 150 people so what might be some lessons right we can draw from from the leaven the leaven appears again to be this minor ingredient she was able to hide it in her dough right in initially we, we we don't know we don't see you know much of uh, of what is going on behind the scenes because she hides it in there the kingdom of heaven is like leaven, which this lady, this woman, hood in three measures, three measures of meal, till it was all leavened. Another lesson I believe we can draw from this is that leaven expands the dough, allowing the very final product to reach a greater number of people. So you think about the small batch that she started. Once the leaven was applied, Being able to to feed or uh, um, to provide bread for 150 people, roughly. I think about it in this way when I look at Mark the 16th chapter and verse uh, 20 in the NIV it says then the disciples went out and they preached the word everywhere and the lord worked with them and confirmed his word by the signs that accompanied it there was an expansion right of god as god's word was was being poured out by the disciples God was working in individuals' lives, confirming his word with signs and with wonders. There is an inner growth and an outer growth that takes place. When we look at the mustard seed and the leaven, right, the planting of the mustard seed, the outer growth produces... This amazing tree that can be over ten feet tall. And in the case of the leaven, we see the growth and the expansion from the original dough, as you let it, uh, the uh, the yeast ferment in it, to uh, what seems to be greater. So both the seed and the yeast are working on the inside. Of, its, of that vehicle. So the word of God in our hearts works on the inside, right? It works in our, when we apply the word of God, when we meditate on the word of God, it expands, it, 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 uh, it takes root, right? When we, when we allow the word of God to take root into our hearts, and then we see the fruit thereof, right? We see the, the fruit that is produced, the fruits of the spirit, love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, self-control, right? We see how our lives changed and how uh, an individual will go from from one character and they'll say, what happened to you? And, and you can be able to share how the word of God, right? Changed your heart, changed your perspective, changed how you interact with others, changed that the, the out of your life flows love, out of your life, uh, flows the word of God that that then impacts others lives differently we also see that in Acts in the, the second chapter in the 40, 41st verse then those who gladly received his word were what? they were baptized and that day about 3,000 souls were added to them in one day The word of God preached to hearts that were receptive, to hearts that were open, and 3,000 believed in Jesus Christ as their Lord and Savior. So, and and it continues in verse 46, and it says, So continuing daily with one accord in the temple and breaking bread from house to house, To house, they ate their food with gladness and simplicity of heart, praising God and having favor with all the people. And the Lord added to the church daily. Daily. The kingdom of heaven was expanding daily as the word of God was being preached, as brothers and sisters in Christ came together, glorifying God, praising God. Trusting in God, others saw what God was doing in their lives. Others are, be, are seeing what God is doing in your life. And their hearts are being drawn to Christ. We are living in the last days. We're living in a world that is hungry. We need to be the fertile soil. We need to be in a place where we are easily sharing and living out the gospel so that the kingdom of God continues to add to it daily. And we know that there is opposition, right? The enemy is sowing lies. The enemy is sowing things that are not of God, but God. And by His power, by His stripes, we are healed. We confess the name of Jesus Christ. We cling to the Word of God. And we allow it to work in our lives. Parables. Parables. Mark says this in the fourth chapter and the, in, in the 33rd verse and 34. He said Jesus used many similar stories and illustrations to teach people as much as they could understand. In fact, in public ministry, he never taught without using parables. But afterwards, he would bring his disciples together Alone, And he then explained to them. Then his disciples approached Jesus and said, Why do you always speak to people in these hard-to-understand parables? And he explained, You have been given the intimate experience of insight, insight into the hidden mysteries of the realm of, of heaven's kingdom but they have not. For everyone who listens with an open heart will, what, receive progressively more revelation until he has more than enough. But those who don't listen with an open heart, who don't listen with a teachable heart, even the understanding that they think they have, will be taken away. It will be taken away. So God is asking us, right? He is encouraging us to approach him and to listen to his heart, listen to his word with an open heart that we may progressively have more and more revelation. That our eyes will be open to see him more and more It tells us that we have an unveiled face, right? We have gone to a position of having our eyes unveiled that we may experience Jesus Christ like never before. He wants us to know Him in a special way. He wants us to be ever-growing in our knowledge, in our experience, in, in us basking in His presence until we have more than enough. But there will be those who are not interested. But our hearts, right? It is a personal choice that we allow our hearts to be the fertile ground where His Word can take root in our lives and we can grow from the very infamous stages of a mustard seed to the maturity of a tree in Christ Jesus. He uses these these parables describe the gospel in its very beginning. These parables describe the gospel and the kingdom of God its secret power, right? That leaven was hidden in the dough. It was hidden in the dough. And then over time, we see it expand. We see the power of leaven from a natural perspective. How much more is the power of God at work in our lives when we hide the word of God in our hearts, when we invite the power and the presence of Jesus Christ to operate in every situation in our lives, right? These parables they describe the gospel in its ultimate triumphant. Even in the midst of adversity. When we we saw that, right, with the the wheat is growing up alongside of the tear, but the gospel is triumphant. Jesus Christ rules and reigns in the kingdom of God. Amen? Amen? We are heirs. We're heirs. God wants us to see our perspective as as heirs. I have this fascination with the British monarchy and following uh, the British monarchy. And um, I don't know if it's because I I was able and and blessed to to study abroad in, in London for for a semester in my undergraduate and uh, and really sort of soak in uh, that. But I I think about, right, the kingdom, the British monarchy, their heirs understand and know their positions. They know their value that uh, the queen and now King Charles has, right? They understand their position as children, and and the significance of that, and that's an earthly right kingdom, how much more is God calling us to understand our position as children of God? There's so much earthly drama happening in this family that is broken across the seas and now even here, right? As you, you look at the, the British monarchy and all that's going on, and maybe you, you don't, you're not as fascinated as I am in, in the British monarchy, but there is so much that is happening in, in their lives. And they think about, and their the grandkids, and and uh, their future generations because of this, this kingdom that they were born into. And the significance and the power and the privilege that has, but that is an earthly kingdom. We are part of a heavenly kingdom. And we are heirs. Pastor Savan spoke so eloquently last Sunday on, on talking about it and helping us to understand the kingdom of heaven is not an earthly kingdom, it is a heavenly kingdom. And we have to see ourselves as God sees us. We have to understand the inheritance that we have as joint heirs with Christ Jesus. I'm getting ahead of myself. You are an heir in the kingdom of God. Those, as we believe in Jesus Christ and have accepted Jesus Christ as our Lord and Savior, Romans 8. And 17 tells us, now if you are children, then we are what? Heirs. Heirs of what? Of who? Of God. And co-heirs with Christ. Galatians and 4, 7 says, 4 and 7 says, so you are no longer a slave. You're no longer a slave. But God's child. I want you to think about yourself as God. And since you are his child, God makes you also an heir. That is significant. That is who you are. That is the fullness of your identity with Christ Jesus. The presence of the Holy Spirit. The fullness of God. As Paul says, living on the inside. We are a part of something greater. You were called to know. God wants us to know the mysteries of the kingdom of heaven. That which was hidden for generations is now being unfolded and revealed even in our times and in our lives. We see in Ephesians 1. Starting at verse 9, God has now revealed to us His this, His mysterious will regarding Christ, which is to fulfill His own good plan. This is God's plan unfolding, right? This is God's plan for our lives, for us, for His creation. And this is the plan. At the right time, He will bring what everything together under the authority of Christ. Everything in heaven and everything on earth. Furthermore, because we are united with Christ, we have received an inheritance from God. But it doesn't stop there. We are called to participate and the kingdom of heaven. As I think about the British monarchy, right, and and, and, and the in the 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 future uh, um, sort of future monarchies, uh, Prince uh, King Ch- uh, Charles's his heirs, right? They they have roles, they have responsibilities. Even even the the the, the aunts and the uncles, right? There were roles and. responsibilities. that they are participating in in that particular system. How much more then is God calling us as his children and as heirs, right, co-heirs with Christ Jesus to participate in the kingdom? Even more so, we know that we are living in the last days. We want to see the kingdom of God Continuing to expand. We want to see the kingdom of God to continue to unfold. We, we want to see the maturity of the kingdom of heaven. It liken the, the, the dough, the leaven that is in the dough and it expands and it reaches a greater multitude. We have roles as children of God to share the gospel to share the love of God. To share what God has done in our lives. To point to Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior. To point to Him as a healer, as a way maker. To point to Him as our Savior, as our Redeemer, as the lily in, in the valley, as our bright and morning star. We point to Jesus Christ and the kingdom of God, which is greater. As children of God, the kingdom of heaven. The kingdom of heaven is like a mustard seed. It is like leaven. And we are a part of the kingdom of God. Let us close in prayer and as we as we pray. Let's continue to lift up the kingdom of heaven. Let's continue to lift up our our city, our church, our family, and our friends. That others will come to know and experience the love of God like we've experienced. The power, the miracle-working power of God. Like you have experienced, or maybe you are desiring or in need of a touch of God. God is listening and able to minister to you right where you are. Let's pray. Almighty God, Spirit of the living God, we give you thanks, we praise you, Lord. We praise you, God, that you see us and you call us to be children of God. That you call us to be heirs, joint heirs with Christ Jesus. God, open our eyes and our hearts to know you more. Open our, our lives that we may experience, God, you for ourselves in a personal way. For those who, who have a special need, God, I ask that you work in that need in a powerful way, God, revealing yourself as Redeemer, revealing yourself as Healer, revealing yourself as a Waymaker, we cry out, God, use us in your kingdom, God, that it may continue to go, grow, and impact the lives in our families, and our friends, and our workplaces, and our city, and in this congregation, God. As, we, as we, we sense that we are on the threshold of the return of Jesus Christ, the second coming Lord, we cry out, come and prepare our hearts. Prepare our minds our spirits, O oh God. May your spirit rest upon our lives. Teach us your word, oh God. Direct every step, every path that we take, oh Lord. That your wisdom and your understanding and your knowledge be in us, oh God. Even in the words that we speak, that we may speak life into someone else's heart. That you may have us minister to. May your power, your, your spirit be so manifested in our lives, God, that others are impacted and come to know you, come to experience Jesus for themselves. We give you honor, we give you praise, we thank you God for your love. We don't deserve your grace, we don't deserve your mercy, but it is new every day. It is new every day. Your love you lavish upon us, O God, and we say thank you for it. Expand our hearts to receive it even more. Teach us about you. Show us who you are. And guide us as we walk in this life daily to reflect the glory and the presence of the risen Savior, Jesus Christ. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. <coughs>